Shakespeare has like this quote that talks about how the world is a stage and everyone's an actor and everyone right. has to play their own roles, right? So you're mm-hmm. you you were hired as an actor for a particular role. Not everyone's playing like Hamlet or King Lear, you know? Mm-hmm. But every single role is important. Hello everyone and welcome to season two of the Student Spotlight where we explore the highs and lows of student life with your host, me, Yasmin. I'm a psychology, computer science, math student at the University of Toronto because there's nothing better than starting conversations with students about their lives so far because through our stories, we definitely connect. Now, the reason why I started season two of this podcast is because each season coincides with a year in my undergraduate journey. So the first season was my freshman year and the second season now is reflective of my sophomore year. Now, if you're enjoying this podcast thus far, please feel free to leave us a review or rating on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the Student Spotlight on any podcasting platform. And now to the most important thing in today's episode to kickstart this new season with a bang. Today's guest is a student studying statistics, computer science, and business at the University of Toronto. Besides school, she's an artiste and paints scenic watercolor pieces that go for online auction. You can check out her art shop directly via Instagram at warmregards and order some art pieces at etsy.com slash warmregards and everything will be linked down in the description so you can check it out there. And you can also reach out to her personally at Namira18 on Instagram as well. So please help me in welcoming Namira Azim. Hello. Anyways, <laughs> hello okay. Namira. Welcome. Thank you for having me. No problem. I think we have like a lot of cool things to talk about today because like we're going into our sophomore year and there's just so much to see and learn and you're studying like a lot of stuff and like really interesting <laughs> things as well. So why did you choose computer science and statistics and business? I personally always enjoyed problem solving and um, right. sort of having like a... I really enjoyed like the creativity that goes into like finding solutions. and. For me personally, I was always interested in computer science. Like when I was 10 years old, like I sat with my dad and like opened the CPU to see what's inside. Then uh, I would go on to like Khan Academy and like dabble around like JavaScript, like nothing fancy, just like what they had for the kids and stuff. Um, Was your dad a computer person? Yeah, my dad's a computer engineering. And um, I, I guess I got lucky that um, I had a very similar passion like he's more in the engineering side so we do so once I got into university we did like go into our own like you know he let the bird out of the nest Um, but yeah like initially like he could encourage me Um, both of my parents they're amazing with letting me follow like what my passion is and with the whole business and statistics side of it once I got into high school I joined a club called STEM fellowship they have it on UTM as well Um, but basically it's about like using analyzing a large amount of data using Python or R or other languages and Mm -hmm. um, seeing trends 
um, so and then analyzing. Analytics. Yeah, I, it was more of data analytics. And mm. I, I really enjoy data science, which is like machine learning and stuff. And right, yeah. um, oh, it's so interesting, dude. Right. Um, it's so useful as well. Right? Yeah. Like, every, there's data everywhere. And like, mm. I did a project which was about air pollution. And I mm. didn't even know this, but I found this out you, um, during the, um, the process of like the project that when you have like the intersections at any street whatsoever, they actually have um, monitors that sense like how much pollution is being released by in total every, I think, six hours, how many cars there are, how many cell phones are on the street. And there's so much data, so wow. much potential to like decide what to, you know, to make decisions for pretty much anything. And it's so interesting. Right. And so that's where statistics came in, because I just think, you know, every single line that you do go into any career path, um, mm. any industry, like people equal to data, you know, and yep. data, if you can analyze data, that's an that's an incredibly strong tool that you have to like make any sort of decision regardless of what business you're in right and the reason I went into business is again similar thought process that end of the day we're all going into an economy Mm -hmm. and I just and for me business is more than like just transaction of money and knowing how to like market your product because to me business is like the understanding the psychology of your customers and also even if you're like you know working at a bank understanding how the country's running and it's a lot more complicated with um with globalization like understanding Mm -hmm. how international understanding international relations understanding human resource and I feel like this was always something that I'm interested in and just I feel like just to have um, a clearer picture of the bigger Mm -hmm. picture and um, so yeah like just having remember yeah yeah I remember when like we would have just lunch together and then you talk about your eco 100 class which is like your intro economics class and you talk about the world's like biggest economic issues and I'm like oh my god what are we doing <laughs> no I remember and then like you would bring up psychology and we would like yeah. delve deep into like how we're people are elements. thinking we're in our exactly. elements oh my gosh yeah I took that class and at 8 a.m in the morning I had oh yikes. my gosh <laughs> yeah and then I remember like for computer science this is how we met right when we there was the orientation event for computer science students. And then I was waiting in line. And then I seen Namira just running frantically. She's like, where's the computer science lecture? Where's the computer science lecture? I'm like, Namira, it's here. Chill. And then that's how we became friends. I was so lost and confused. And Yasmin <laughs> took me under her wings. <laughs> I mean, that's I think... just like throughout first year. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I've, I've, I've been making a lot of like um, references to me being like a little bird. And just like mm. everyone guiding me, but um, that is sort of how I see myself—just oh. a little bird trying to figure out the world—and all of you just like taking care of me. Honestly, like I feel like with computer science, especially, it's just everyone is just like a level one Pokemon or something. It just you take, 
it just takes a lot of time to understand what's happening. And I'm glad that you sort of had that experience like as you were a kid because I feel like that just gives you a unique connection to computer science in a way that's not like artificial. Like it's not mm-hmm. just a course that you're taking and you're interested in it. Not that there's anything wrong with that, obviously, but it's more of an intimate connection. And then you yeah. kind of yeah. branched it out to other things because sure. I feel like just looking at this from a, I guess, psychological point of view, not to analyze you. Um, but like, since you had that technical experience when you were younger and just saw what computer science is and computer engineering is, you kind of realize that there's other avenues of using this technology mm-hmm. in like a more, I guess, impactful way, right? Because you're looking yeah. at the statistics of things to create like useful products and useful things that are relevant to people and not just for the sake of building something that's a computer um yeah and for sure economic. yeah right like i feel like with the whole you know everyone being level one pokemons and like just evolving yeah. over time <laughs> like i love that reference by the way um i feel like you that's what um that's how i want to approach university like i know mm. for me the past year has opened my eyes so much. I know for a fact that I'm a different person coming out of first year and going into first year. But second I year. think, oh yeah, going into second, no, as in like going into first year and then coming out of first year. Like a first oh, okay, year yeah. was like a tunnel. Yeah. Um, yeah, same. I feel, but also I feel like we were both open to like new experiences mm-hmm. and like improving ourselves. And we weren't like hyper-focused on like one particular like right I'm going to become a software engineer and I'm gonna develop um softwares for Microsoft you know and just like going into uni with that um vision Mm -hmm. again it's amazing if you have that but I think like the world has so much so many opportunities and university is such a great way to explore it that honestly if you finally if you explore and you decide that no what I initially planned was the right thing for me and you stick to it amazing but you know what if Mm. you open yourself up and you find newer better things which are more um which are better fit for you you know so again just evolving in uni as a person as well not just related to education and like from previous guests, if you looked at maybe two episodes ago, I was interviewing CM and he was a software developer. He went to Waterloo and like did that whole thing because you know how Waterloo is usually known yeah. for its computer science scene. He did all of that for a couple of internships and then he realized like, okay, now I'm here and I'm a, I'm a software developer. I'm at a good company. Um, like now what? Right. And yeah, people usually don't look past that point. You just, it's good to have milestones and everything, but just know that don't idolize it too much and there's always more to it. And then he found project or product management later on. He was like, oh, this is amazing. This is like business and computer science and statistics. Or like you might want to look into this, Namira, because it's <laughs> yeah. literally everything. Like he wears so many hats and it's not mm-hmm. just that like unidirectional software engineering. It's so many yeah. other things. That's yeah, another thing. Like when you said yeah. that, like, you know, people like idolize I feel like a lot of people, like every generation has that um, university program that everyone wants to study and everyone wants to get into. And I feel like for us, like computer science is one of those. And I don't think people fully 
understand because computer science does not equal software developer you know there it's it's an umbrella for all these various other um mm. career paths and you know when you study computer science you're actually studying the thought pro- and the theories and you know right the thought process you're not learning like the syntax of like java mm. or something and people sort of like idolize computer science and i feel like they think right. as far as university but they don't think mm. what do i want to do with this degree moving forward so for me university is like a way to achieve my dreams like university if you yes university can be your dream but yeah ask yourself why means. yeah yeah it's like a, it's like a stepping stone right yeah you're right yeah. and i think the semantic meaning of like just computer science specifically gets missed because i think like you correct me if i'm wrong but just economically and just the way that things are right now since we are in sort of the technical like technology revolution or whatever mm-hmm. computer science is like one of those careers that it's like this if you get this degree it equals to financial security because right now mm-hmm. the like the society demands this we need more software jobs we need this and this and like throughout history so there's always just something like that whether that mm-hmm. be medicine or just engineering there's always something like that that comes up and i feel like that's where the true i guess purpose of computer science and just engineering or anything like that gets mm-hmm. dismissed but it takes an active effort like you said to sort of pass through that generic like surface level yeah. title and see what you're actually doing and how that actually fits into your life yeah um, and so i don't mean you- like yeah and i don't mean like you know com- uh, computer science isn't for you don't do it because everyone's yeah, telling you it's like here's the thing a shakes i i don't remember the exact quote but shakespeare has like this quote that talks about how the world is a stage and everyone's an actor and everyone right. has to play their own roles right so you're mm-hmm. you you were hired as an actor for a particular role not everyone's playing like hamlet or king lear you know mm-hmm. but every single role is important so again obviously shakespeare's role has like the lead character but you know the world is more yeah. like generic like everyone has their own place no one's more important than another but i feel like every single person is unique and every person like for example if i become a surgeon i'll be terrible surgeon i'd be so terrible like i'd be too, i'd be too scared to like even touch the body with a knife <laughs> i'm sorry, i can't do it so i you can't I won't be like a millionaire if I go into like medical school cuz it's just right. not in me, right? Mm-hmm. So it I'm not saying Exactly. So I'm not saying like computer science is not for many people. It's like this, you know, this group and not many people can enter. Go for it if you're genuinely interested in it. Go for it if it's your passion, if you if you see your career going down like one of these career paths then honestly go for it but don't do it just for the clout don't do it just because you know you can talk you can tell your friends you can tell your your parents can talk about it like life mm-hmm. is so much more important than that um it's about exactly. happiness and um we do everything for happiness isn't it right and i think like one thing just as a i guess disclaimer for our listeners 
I tend to talk a lot about computer science just because, and my guests as well, just because that's kind of like my immediate circle. That's where our headspace is at. We're into the kind of engineering side of computer science. So that's why we kind of draw upon it because we see these patterns, I guess, more readily in our environment than anywhere else because that's all we kind of know, right? Um, yeah. So that's just like a quick disclaimer. And how did you, so like, I want to delve into your like artiste side, like your double life <laughs> kind of thing. How did you explore sort of art and bring that in? Because that's like outside of university. And so it's it's definitely like a self-fulfilled or self-endeavor uh, that you chose to choose. Yeah. So with art, I feel like my passion for art goes back like even before computer science. Hmm. So like my earliest memory is of like me drawing Princess Aurora um, from Sleeping Beauty when I was like two years old and I didn't like have I didn't go to like a proper art school I was sort of in and out mostly because like I moved around so much but I had um, I went to teacher when I was like around five or six and then I moved to India and then around like seven um, mm. and then but then she had like huge hounds for dogs and they would always bark so I left um and then <laughs> and then like when I came to Toronto in high school I took like art classes and again I was lucky because Claude Watson is the art school where you can major in art and mm. my high school and Claude Watson were sort of in the same building so if you took art classes you took it under Claude Watson which is an art school um wow. so I think I took that in great 11 yeah so I again but a majority of my life it was more like dabbling in art on my own watching YouTube videos and just like messing around with paint I always had paint in my house and wow. again all of my teachers are in were incredible they were they were very talented they were very patient with me um mm which is so important in art because so the number of times I drew one monkey dude I think I drew a monkey like six times when I was seven and I was like I'm done I'm never <laughs> doing art ever again this is exhausting um, and then she's like nope you're doing that again you didn't blend that properly um so yeah they did give me the um skill set that I needed as a beginner and also to like for any for any hobby just to like get over that initial hurdle of you know the fear of like the unknown almost and just like right. you know holding my hand since I was like a child holding my hand through it and just like introducing me to like the more professional setting mm -hmm. yes yeah, so I'm like very grateful for that but a majority of my life I did sort of dabble in it on my own and mm -hmm. I moved around a lot a, right. a bunch of times and Art just was always like, it was like my constant friend. I could, I could go to it when I'm lonely, when I'm sad, when I'm happy, when I don't know what to do during an afternoon and I just want to relax. It was very important um, right. outlet for me to like express my emotions. And yeah, like just having something in my life that was like constant, something I could always turn towards. So, and I obviously did enjoy it. Like, I don't, I don't think I'm like the best artist out there, obviously. But to me, it's more about just like, for me, it's like calming 
it's sort of like meditation mm. and you just like you know it's an afternoon the sun's setting you turn on the music and you just like mess around with the paint and wherever it goes it goes um mm. and, and it's like a relaxing thing like exactly it's- exactly and I actually wanted to get into architecturing um, before I wanted to get into like computer science. And (laughs) yeah, super interesting um, career path. You know, it's just, it's, it's a whole other world. Some of my friends are doing it and the projects and they have to like create like mini models of buildings using cardboard and stuff. And it looks so realistic. It's, Wow. an amazing yeah. <laughs> it's an amazing wow. career path but I realized it wasn't for me because for me I enjoy the creative aspect of things a lot more than just I think bringing out the image I have in my head onto paper like right. that that's challenging and that's satisfying but just like finding but like with computer science and stats and business and you like learn you learn the skills and then you you're presented with a problem that no one knows the solution to and then they're like Mm. oh you just have to yeah just like figure out a solution and like that brainstorming and all of that like for me that's incredibly satisfying like computer science just gives me like this um like hits of dopamine isn't it dopamine Mm. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. every time like I solve something. Um, so I really enjoy that. But it's with like architecture work. Exactly. But like with um architecture, it was more about like first of all, I feel like the work environment wasn't for me. It it is for a lot of people, it just like wasn't the best suit for me. And I felt like it, it was about like what the client was dreaming and me trying to put the clients imagination onto paper so Hmm. um I didn't have as much creative freedom as I would uh, prefer and I found that in data science and data analytics and this particular line so Hmm. um that's sort of it's kind of like Mm -hmm. counterintuitive sorry to interrupt but like it's kind of counterintuitive because people would usually think of like fields that are very data related or analytical won't be creative because you're just working with sort of an emotionless thing which is just data sets or something along those lines but in reality because you have this sort of basic foundation it's up to the discretion of the coder or the creator or the person with the vision that wants to make stuff with this data to sort of use all of this foundation to help in their like creative vision because you in in any I think creative endeavor like correct me if I'm wrong like you have Mm. to have basic foundations in something Mm -hmm. that's like concrete I guess related to the world directly like that can be data and then from there you can use your own sort of visions and opinions to create something like really beautiful out of it or something meaningful out of it like that's what makes us human in a way for sure I always describe computer science as learning the techniques of how to paint Maybe I, I spent ah. too much time with like art art teachers. Oh my gosh. Um, but I always describe <laughs> computer science as like the techniques of how to paint, like how to hold a brush, you know, how to use acrylic, how to use watercolor and like, you know, how to use charcoal. But yeah, and then that's it. That's the, that's how much computer science goes. And doing those projects 
and going into like internships and stuff that's like creating the painting and you have full discretion over Mm. it's just like they'll give you a talk it's sort of like just giving you a theme like I want you to paint a forest and then you sort of you know create the forest however way you want so yeah that's sort of how I see computer science so I fully agree with you that you sort of have this end goal and you have all this data that's like it's so messy because the world is messy and it's like, you know, and you sort of have all these skills under your belt and you have to like, first you have to understand the data. You have to learn it. And then you create like whatever you need to create to like, it's also like completely up to you. Like if I say I want to make like a machine model, right. And I want like to create a classification model. But then there's all these different ways to create a classification model. Do I want to do the KNN? Do I want to do a cluster forest? Do I want to do Bayes? Like, it's all you studying the data, deciding where you want to go. And then also, once you do decide on a model, what you should do with it. And it's just, yeah, like, I could could talk about that for hours. It's so interesting. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, and since you have this sort of analytical view, how does that translate into your art that you're kind of... So I know that you have an art shop, right? And you have to, when you create your art, do you sort of think of painting things that other people will like? Or is it sort of just your creative vision into these mm-hmm. things? Because there, it's one thing to have a hobby, like painting whatever mm-hmm. you want, and just like, it's just you, this is your thing. And then it's another thing to sort of sell something to someone else because it's like you have to look for a market of people that are willing to get something that was that like a creative vision that essentially you made that resonates with them so Mm -hmm. how do you think that sort of ties in and is it a conflict okay that's a very interesting question um Mm. also I feel like big part of that is unconscious at this point as well so I haven't Mm. like actually delved into that much when I'm actually like doing the work um so the reason I sort of started the art store itself is because I have this interest and I have this hobby and I spent so many years just um enjoying it and I just wanted to share that you know like I don't I don't really have like a monetary goal like I need to make ten thousand dollars by the end of the year or anything like that it was a lot of people just being like oh you should sell it or something and like right now I just sell like images for five dollars of my art but also like Mm -hmm. um if you want to buy the hard copy itself then it's a bit more expensive like 24 bucks and stuff um but again like the money wasn't like the main goal it was more about exploring my own passion because again I honestly think humans are all so unique like we all have our own passion I don't think just because of the way society is created that we have to like pick and choose parts of ourselves so I didn't want to like suppress Mm -hmm. this um art side of me just because I was focusing on a more technical aspect of myself, right? right. So right. Um, same thing with your podcast. Like, you're doing so amazing. Just saying. I listen to all of them. Aww. So good. 
and but yeah it's because I, of amazing guests like you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you so um like I I guess you understand like where you want to like explore other parts of and like other interests and you don't just and you want to encourage that and I felt like this was the next step and I think we have incredible opportunity like opportunities because of like the internet and you know stuff like Etsy and Amazon yeah. handmade and um, Shopify where you can create your own website and all these mm. different options where it allows individuals to start their own small businesses and for like I think for Etsy I just need to pay like 20 cents every time I upload a new painting and I have to like pay mm. that every four months so it's honestly right. pretty cheap if you think about it from like a business perspective and so that's sort of why I went into it I wanted to like encourage that and for your to answer like how I decide what to paint I feel like every artist has their own aesthetic almost and um I also went okay ever since I was a child I loved going to museums I loved going to art stores like I would go with my mom like we wouldn't we wouldn't buy paintings all the time like we we bought like one uh, or two but like you know even if we weren't buying any art we would like go into art stores just look around see what Mm. people are doing loved going to museums I I go to museum like every time I go to a different country or city again I'm very lucky I'm extremely lucky to like have that exposure in life um to like be able to like explore and all of that and if all else fails there's always Bob Ross he's like oh my god at this point he's like a legend a legend like I've I, I keep coding like his painting stuff in real life Mm. problems I'm just like what is it oh there's no there are nothing called problems just mistakes that you can correct or something like that and I'm just saying go on with life (laughs) he's just oh my gosh yeah um he's just going off like he's right yeah I could I could listen to him just like play him in the background while studying like He's just, oh my gosh, (laughs) just, just a little bit, just, just imagine the wind, a little cloud (laughs) there, maybe I can add a tree there, because in your world, you can do anything you want, I could live, (laughs) I could listen to him for hours, he's just living, he's just living, um, yeah, so when I'm, so yeah, I did have an idea of um, what other artists are putting out there into the market. And I have my own aesthetic. I sort of lean into like a more vintage sort of like if I have to, pick, yeah, I get it. if I have to pick a movie to re- represent my art, I think it would be Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yes. Yeah. So that would be like the vibe that my art sort of falls into. And I feel like whenever for every business, like especially with art, there's a niche of what style you paint and what the customers are looking for. And it's much easier 
I feel like any business, you have to figure out what your brand image is, what your um, what your niche is, obviously, and then how you're going to um, translate that onto like, you know, your art and then your banner and your name and like your profile picture and how the customer, how you're going to find the correct customer base. So mm-hmm. um, I did spend time trying to figure that out. And it sort of went the other way. It wasn't like figuring out my brand image and then going and then that bleeding into the painting. It was more mm. like looking at my art style and then going, okay, where do I fall? And what am I personally interested in? And then seeing if there's a market for that and then going off on that. And, um, you know, being a university kid, I try to focus on a younger audience because I feel like art, like, you know, everyone, a lot of people love art, but the art in industry is like so expensive that yeah. um, like Etsy and stuff, like companies like that make it much easier for younger people who are all broke from paying universities like U of T to like explore um, their hobbies. You know, if you, if you want to collect art or anything, like it's much easier to buy a painting for like 20 bucks compared to like thousands of dollars. So mm-hmm. um, I try to focus my art towards, okay, what would, what would I like to put in my dorm? What would my friends like to put in their dorm? What would they want to put in their bedroom? Or if you just have a new house, like what would you want to put in your living room? And um, nature has always been like a very, it's, it's a constant source of inspiration. Like I know I send you pictures like every time I go out, I'm like, look at this squirrel, look at this guy look at the water and I get like so excited and it's like this constant source of inspiration and um yeah and then you reflect like, it like in your art yeah. as well like the way that you replicate it because mm-hmm. I feel like when you look at the world it's like a unique thing personal to you because that just experience translates to your art in so in such a unique way and like I see that with your scenic stuff just as a quick side note yeah keep going keep going yeah no talking about that it's like everyone sort of has their this is like more of a psychology thing more science thing where like Mm -hmm. we never know what the okay here's the thing if both of us look at the color red we just know to call this color red but I don't think we can Mm -hmm. we know that if we're looking at the exact same thing you know of course yes I I I watched this TED talk which was like if you think about it everything we see are just like electricity like current right Right. so it's like we and then our brain is sort of creating that image so everyone has their own perspective on reality and we when we're all hallucinating hallucinating and when Mm. we collectively agree on the same hallucination we call it reality and then I was just like Oh my gosh, like that TED talk <laughs> has changed my perspective on life, um, quite literally. <laughs> Loki sounds like psychedelics or something. Like <laughs> I can just imagine one person being like, bro, do you see that color? Is it red for you too? <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> Amazing. Oh my gosh, yeah. So yeah, I think it's pretty interesting how like every... Every person, like even if you pick, even if you picked up a paintbrush and we sort of looked at the same thing, 
and we painted it it would have like it has the artist's personality in the art itself and i think that's incredibly interesting um see i don't do art because i had this traumatic experience in middle school where the only class i failed literally in like my whole life was art <laughs> and this teacher Aww. literally looked at my art piece and was like what is that and i'm like bro what aren't you supposed to be an art teacher like art is subjective I'm, i was building yeah. this thing and she just straight up was like no this is the ugliest thing i've seen i was like oh, okay and then i failed that class so i've been see, traumatized ever yeah. since see those are the type of teachers that sort of ruin art for people because like art doesn't have to be like perfect you know like it doesn't have to be a museum piece I mm. love like when babies do art and then they just like scribble all over you know like right. I feel like school really breaks that and it's really sad because every every time I know I've had those art teachers in school as well where they expect like a very particular style from all the students and that is just mm. not how art works and right. i remember my grade 11 teacher she if she called your art crazy and weird that was a good thing that's sort of what you wanted and mm-hmm. she really encouraged all of us to like explore the creative side and like if it was generic it wasn't good enough like explore what's the wildest thing you can think of what's like if it's whack just do it you know if you if you if you're just going to like stick a pencil into an eraser and call it a tree go for it you know like <laughs> i i just made that up on the spot that wasn't a project i did i promise i love it do um, it i love it coming yeah, soon so... in the acting shop so <laughs> look out guys look out guys. look out look out um <laughs> yeah so like that teacher really broke that stigma for me and again it was uh, all luck so mm. yeah i know a lot of people you know what we're going to do is mean like we're just going to grab yeah. our paint go to like a park and then we're all going to paint there to like okay. um, yeah great and yeah. then we can like ruin your stigma around art and then yes. you can explore i'll get yeah. my vengeance on that middle school teacher <laughs> oh yeah you all show right. her <laughs> i guess the last thing like i wanted to ask is if there's someone listening to this and they're kind of like on the same boat as you they like to do art on the side but i feel like you've taken that next step like you're turning it into a, a lucrative business and it's successful and you do the business you do the art you do like so many different things since you take a lot of hats what advice would you give to someone who's thinking of taking it to the next step and turning it into a business or just showing their art to people because i feel like people make art but they never share it or they never take that step to create that instagram page and share things because it 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 can mm-hmm. be like intimidating you're open yeah. your art will be open to criticism um but at the same time it will be open to feedback and just people mm-hmm. liking it and appreciating your art yeah. yeah for sure i think this doesn't just apply to art you know even if you make music even if you make pretty much anything you know maybe maybe you're really into like fitness and you want to start like a fitness account right so mm-hmm. anything whatsoever if you cook i was honestly always very i it's like whenever you create something since you've seen like the trials and tribulations since you've seen like the flaws and then you've corrected the flaws once you look at a painting 
once you listen to a song, you can sort of, you know exactly where you had to correct, you knew what the errors were. So you have, you see things, you see the flaws more than the overall picture, mm. you know? And for me, that that's a big reason people don't go out and show their work, regardless of what it is, you know? And right. I got really lucky that, you know, I had all of you and I would Aww. like every time you guys were like, oh, what are you doing? And I'd just be like, oh, I'm just, you know, sketching and stuff. And then you'd want to see it and I'd show you and you guys would all be like super encouraging. And, you know, even if I thought it was like horrible and like no and it shouldn't see daylight ever, you guys are like you guys really encouraged it. And it's inspiring. I, it's the effort yeah. like that's we appreciate the effort because people yeah. don't do this right yeah go ahead yeah and like even if and then I started posting it on like my Instagram story on my main channel and I got like good feedback and that's sort of where I got the encouragement Momentum. to start yeah to start my own art account and then sort of start the Etsy store but even if you aren't that confident to like share even with your friends right like whether you make music or whatever just know that first of all what you're noticing all the flaws it's probably much better than how you perceive it and the other yes. thing is like you never know until you do it it might fail that that's a big thing like when I started the art account I didn't Put like I didn't put any pressure on it I didn't need it to succeed I didn't need to make sale it was just something I did for fun and this isn't like a term test or a final exam that you only have one shot at you also improve like you don't have to wait to like open that SoundCloud account you don't have like you know you just started the podcast and I'm pretty sure you're learning more and more right every every episode so it's the same thing like you never once you delve into it it's a big learning experience as you go and I know how difficult it is it seems like just starting an account it, there's so much you know you have to, you don't lot. just it's, it's a lot yeah, yeah you have to like create the products then you have to make sure that the aesthetic of your account is working and then you have to make sure you the social media is okay and then you have to make sure that you you're growing your social media and you're growing the customer base and like you mentioned before you're doing like all the different things like human resource um marketing being the ceo you know the finance of things and then also the creative director you're everything all at once and it's a hustle it's a hustle it can be very stressful but you know once it's up there it's so satisfying and I think people also like that's sort of where they lose the enthusiasm because it is a lot of work and it's very very slow like it yeah I've made like one sale and I think the store's been open for like four weeks now I think it's Mm. incredibly slow because it's such a saturated market that getting it in front of the customers is something that I'm exploring right now. So mm. I'm sort of paying for Etsy ads and all of that. 
a big thing is you have to like whatever hobby that you want to explore you have to study the market like for me personally yeah. I had to study Etsy I had to understand how their website work like you know the logistics behind it how their algorithm exactly. works and also what opportunities there are out there to like market to reach customers how should you how should you price your products and the thing is all this information is out there on YouTube on Google there's a lot of yep. people doing it and you, there it's a lot of research it's a lot of late night like tweaking stuff and it's slow it's i'm like there's no sugar coating that like you know you don't just like start a podcast release a song you know yeah. um put a art in a store and just like expect it to like sell, sell overnight sell overnight mm-hmm. why never mind yeah, sell overnight, sell overnight. <laughs> um right. i was like sale overnight that doesn't make sense anyways yeah you can expect it to like sell overnight it's a process but i think you have just for patient. for anything exactly and also enjoy the journey like once yes. now that you don't have that many people watching you it's a great opportunity for you to like sort of do all the behind the scenes stuff you know make sure you have a stable business make sure yes. you have the you figure out finance you know how do you have to pay taxes or whatever figure out what fees you have to pay um how what your costs are so what the prices should be make sure your aesthetic is okay so you know the website itself is like um top notch and start sending things to like friends and family to make sure that you know you figure out the logistics of how you're going to treat the customers and you know customer service and all of that it's a right. great opportunity for you to like make sure all of these things are okay and then you know you can focus on your like your marketing strategies and then once you have like that potential customer base just like flowing in you're not stressing over managing orders while also figuring out like how to do the background stuff so in a way it's yeah. a blessing in disguise you know yes. so just like enjoy the journey like remember why you did this like don't it's amazing if you have a good revenue turnover because of this but no business ever mm. happened overnight like and yeah. i think and if it did then it ends in like as fast as it came up as well totally totally because you again i think it goes back to like if it's that fast you didn't get time to like set up the business that well right and right you have to if the foundation isn't strong then regardless of how tall the building is it's going to fall right so exactly yeah so go for it you never know what response you might get everyone might love it because you know you always see all of your flaws even as a even as a person like no one's focusing on your flaws and stop comparing your everyone else's highlight reels to your behind the scenes. I love that mm. quote. I think it's so important especially for this day and age. And yeah, so just go for it and even if it fails, worst case scenario, no one likes it. You have zero followers on Instagram, nothing happens. It's fine. You know, like just like you you didn't lose anything. There's nothing to lose. And right. the thing is reality is never 
at either of the extremes. It's going to fall in the middle. You will have people encouraging you. And then you just grow from there. It will all happen eventually. Give yourself time. And if it's a business, study the ins and outs of the business. You really, really have to like understand the market because you have to know it's not just about the product. It's about like, you know, marketing it, getting it in front of people and, you know, customer service and all of that. So you really have to do your research. I love that answer because it's just like, I feel like it encapsulates who you are as a person. Like right now you have that creative side. It's like, be true to yourself and don't care about other people's opinions and specific or criticism about things. But then there's also the data side, like actually do the research, (laughs) set your, set your like business or whatever up for success and then work from there. And I think Namir brings up a really good point in the sense that there's this quote that one of my mentors said, and they said, just start things in terms of like creative endeavors or whatever it is. And then because it's easier to just apologize later if you messed up in one way or another, like, but at least you've started something. You don't want to just live in your head for these sorts of things, which I feel like Mm -hmm. hinders a lot of people, especially as students. For sure. Yeah. I think you don't want to live with what ifs. You don't want to live with what ifs, you know? Yeah. Like what if I did that? And you're also so young. We're so, right. so young. And life yeah. is all about like, you know, if you fall Trying seven to. times, you rise up the eight. And every time yeah. you fall, you learn something new. So yes. it's not it's not a total loss. Exactly. And you don't want to just have it chip away at you. But mm-hmm. other than that, I think, Namira, thank you so much for being on the Student Spotlight. You've been a delight to have. Like, honestly, I just have so many more ideas on how to build up this podcast and I like wish yeah. you a billion times good luck to your art shop like it's been killing it and I love it and you. you guys please check out Namira's art shop at her Instagram it will be linked down below and order some art pieces directly for your dorms or whatever <laughs> it may be at the link also linked down below and you can reach out to her personally at Namira18 on Instagram as well so thank you Namira and we will see you later mm-hmm. Thank you for having me. You're doing absolutely amazing. You're killing this podcast. Aww. All right. Good (laughs) luck with everything. Stop flirting with me. It's a podcast. (laughs) Professional. (laughs) All right, everyone. It is currently 2 p.m. And we will see you guys next time on the Student Spotlight. Bye. Say bye. Oh, bye. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'll edit this out. I'll edit this out. Okay. okay ready? Yeah. <laughs> totally not artificial. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>